We're going to talk about something today. We're not really in a series. This is just kind of a standalone message. But I was thinking this week just about Independence Day, obviously, and, you know, where we are in America. And, and, and I'm grateful for our country. And I'm grateful to live in America. I'm proud to be an American. I'm not going to sing that song for you, but I am proud. Um, but I want to talk to you about, because even as I was thinking about things, I thought, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen. And there's a lot of times that we can find ourselves in a place of fear. And I was, I was amazed by just thinking about where we are as a country, because I've heard people over and over talk about how nervous and afraid they are with the future of our country. And I'm not here to talk to you about the future of our country. I'm here to talk to you about Jesus. Because no matter who's in the White House, no matter who's leading, God is on the throne, and we're going to be just fine. Just so you know, we will be just fine. So don't, don't let yourself get all worried and worked up about a place that's not even your home. We're not from here. We are citizens of heaven, is what the Bible says. As a believer, our citizenship is in heaven. So it won't be long when Jesus will come again and take us home to our eternal home forever and ever. So we're just here. We're just kind of just here for a short time. We're visiting. All right. So so we're tourists. So wear your fanny pack. Do whatever you want to do. Act like a tourist. But you're just here for a short time. All right. Please don't wear your fanny pack. I'm just kidding. Um, but listen, I want to talk to you about overcoming fear, and here's why. Because not just about where we're at, but fear is talked about a lot in Scripture. Jesus says a lot. He talks about fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid. He said all through Scripture, you see fear more than you see almost any other subject in the Bible. Not talking about how much it has a hold of us, but talking about the fact that it's real and the fact that we have to allow ourselves to use the word to overcome fear. Because fear will try to creep in. And it will paralyze you. If you allow fear in your life, it will paralyze you. But I'm not, I don't want to focus just on what people would say like fear. Like, well, we're afraid of where our country is going. We're afraid of spiders. We're afraid of the dark. We're afraid. I'm talking about fear all, every kind of fear. There's people, I believe, here today that are afraid to fully give God everything. That's fear. You're afraid of, of rejection so you don't step out if God tells you to do something. There's a fear of what people think about you. So you want to live this balanced life so they don't think you're weird, but you're still accepted over here. That's fear. We have opportunities every day to fear to grip us of what do people think about us? Fear of what's it going to cost me if I really step out? If I really say, God, everything I have is yours. There's people afraid of a lot of things, Christians. Afraid to pray, Lord, whatever your will is, let it, let it happen for my life. Because you think he's going to send you to some place where there's cannibals in the darkest jungles of Uganda, and they're going to eat you. You're going to think of all these worst-case scenarios. There's people today that are afraid to give. 
because you don't think God's going to take care of you. You're afraid to obey if the Lord tells you to bless somebody or to do something because you're afraid of, am I going to make it? The people today that are afraid every day, every day they're afraid something bad is going to happen. You hear people talk at work about stuff and you're afraid, is my job on the line? And that, that cripples you. It paralyzes you. And fear is very, very real. Some of our fear is because we have a good heart. We're, we're afraid to miss God. So we don't want to move. We don't want to step. Or we want to step real cautiously because I don't want to do the wrong thing. And that's healthy that you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. But if it paralyzes you to do nothing, then you, maybe you're not doing the wrong thing, but you're not doing the right thing because you're just standing there. So fear creeps up in every area. Even as a pastor, there's times that fear creeps into my life. You know, am, did, I, did I handle that situation right? You know, am I, am, I, am I doing things right? I listen to how other people are doing. Okay, that's how they do it. Should I be doing that? And I begin to question myself. There have been moments of my life where you, you want to speak, and you, you, but you want to make sure you speak. You want people to like you. You want people to, to you know, you don't want to hurt people. So, you, so then you're careful. So then I have to be careful. Okay, well, I don't want to say it that way because they might. You know, they might take it wrong. They might. And then I end up all afraid of how am I going to present this to them. That's fear. And it creeps up in all of our life. And, and I believe that God wants to set people free from the, the, the clinch of fear or the grips that fear has on your life. Doesn't mean you're never going to have a moment of fear, but what do you do when that fear creeps up? What do you do? You're not supposed to let it grip you and lead your life. You need to, to realize, okay, this is trying to take hold of me. And I need to do something about it. Because I will not let this run my life. And it's difficult. I mean, let's be honest. It's difficult. There's a lot of Christians today. They're afraid of all kinds of stuff. It's fear. Behind almost everything is pride is fear. If you're prideful, that you have to be, be, you're so afraid of what people think that you have to build yourself up to think you just, there are people that are spiritually prideful. Because you don't want people to know really what's going on, so you put this facade on that you, you're just so spiritual. Because you're afraid that if people see that you struggle, they're not going to think you're spiritual. That's fear. Okay, this is a little heavy, huh? It's really quiet in here. Everybody just, even the bird's not here today. I mean, nobody. It's crazy. But let's talk about it, okay? Because here's what I want us to understand, is I want us to understand that fear is all throughout, it's all throughout life. There's going to be times that every one of you, no matter how much you love God, no matter how much you're in his word, fear is going to try to creep up on you. It's going to try because the enemy wants to paralyze you from doing what God's called you to do. People close to Jesus we're still operating in fear at times. The disciples had times where Jesus said, why are you so fearful? And these were, these were the people that Jesus called to come alongside of him. That he said, I'm leaving you with this. And he, and he had the disciples around him. And, he, and, and this is who he's trusting as he goes. And he's trusting. He's giving them the Holy Spirit and telling them, now go. Spread the gospel. 
with people that struggled with fear. Jonah struggled with fear. So he said no to God. God loved him, gave him another chance. But he struggled. Look at uh, Exodus chapter 3. This is where Moses, God comes to Moses and says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I'll be with you. This is your sign. I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So here's God saying, Moses, I'm calling you. And Moses says, who am I? I mean, I can't. All of a sudden, this thing that Moses doesn't think he can do it. Now he's actually looking at him and all the feelings of, I, I, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I can't. He goes on in chapter 4, the same verse 10 through 12. Moses pleaded with the Lord and says, Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled up. So here's Moses called to go speak to Pharaoh, called to go be God's messenger. And he's saying to God, I don't think I can do that. I, I can't talk right. I can't, I can't get my words out. So this fear grips him that he's not able to do what God's calling him to do. So he's talking about his inability um, or lack of ability to do what God's calling him to do. And then God replies and says, who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether a person speak or don't, hear or don't, see or don't see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. Then he says this, I will be with you. I will instruct you what to say. So God is helping Moses overcome this feeling that he can't do it, that he doesn't have what it takes, that he's not good enough, he doesn't speak well enough. And he says, I'll be with you. I'll speak for you. So what he's saying is, uh, Moses, I, I know all that. I'm not calling you to do something because you're able to do it. I'm just saying, are you willing to let me do that through you? When God asked me to plant a church, I told him, I don't know how to do that. I'm, I've been a youth pastor 15 years. I can intimidate youth into listening to me. <laughs> I'm bigger than them. But adults, I don't even know... I don't even, and I've said this before, I don't even know, God, that I would go to my church. And he said, I'm not, he literally, I'm not asking you to do anything but let me use you. And he took me to Matthew and he said, I will build my church. I is Jesus and my is Jesus. So nowhere in there does he say, Scott's going to build my church or I will build Scott's church. No, I, Jesus, will build Jesus' church. Can I just use you? Basically, can I hand you this and tell you to hand them that? If I wanted to give Jonathan $20 and I was over here and I handed it to Cliff and told Cliff to give it to him, guess what? All Cliff was was a messenger. If Jonathan knew I gave the money to him and he gave it to him, Jonathan's going to come to me and say thank you because he knows that's the source of it. Listen, how many of you have ever had flowers delivered to you? Okay, ladies, if you're a husband or boyfriend or whatever, some ladies are like, yeah. Can't raise my hand, huh? Yeah. You know, don't, don't get all arguing over it. <clears throat> but you had some kind of delivery. Okay, so let's say a delivery man, or just say, you know, say the delivery man comes and hands you flowers, you read the card, and you go hug the delivery man. You are so special. Thank you so much. I didn't know you cared. You don't do that because you know he just delivered it. 
He didn't give it to you. He just brought it. Someone else bought those. Someone else wrote you the note. All he did was the messenger to take it from the person who wanted you to have it to get it to your door. There was just someone in between that. But you don't go hugging and kissing all over the delivery man because he brought you flowers. Right? Listen, if you do, don't ever do that. Okay? Read the card first. That's odd. But the bottom line is, in, in some things, naturally, we understand. Okay, he brought it to me, but it's not from him. It's from the person who really cares about me, and they asked him to deliver that to me. That's, that's, that's how God was helping me realize. I said, will you just be a delivery boy? Can I just give you a message that I want them to have? And will you give it to them? I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to do. I have to let God speak to me, and then I speak to you. Because I will go ahead and tell you this one more time, just so you know, because some of you are new. If I don't speak the word, leave this church. Because this, this isn't a place, we, this is not just a social gathering. We're here to grow and be encouraged. Scott will not change your life. God will change your life. And he may use me to be a part of that. And he may use others to be a part of that. But God is the only one that will change your life. So there was moments in my life where I had to realize, Lord, I'm just, just a delivery boy. Lord, I thank you that you speak to me and you do things in me and you help me so I can help others. You love me so I can love others. You forgive me so I can forgive others. It's not about me being good enough. I don't need to be afraid. Listen, you don't need to be afraid with whatever God wants to do in your life. Not just as a career, but just in your everyday going and coming, back and forth, every day of your life, every part of your life. Don't be afraid to let God do whatever he wants to do. He'll do it. Don't be afraid. So Moses had to be honest. Moses went honest. Jonah, we see that he was, he was that way. We're going to read later where the disciples were afraid. So don't feel condemned that fear tries to creep up. But be self-controlled. Be alert. So when the enemy tries to bring that, you know how to stand. All right? So here's one thing we can do. We can focus on God's love. I'll never forget, um, not too long ago, I was talking about something, and I was, I was preparing my message, and I asked Patty, oh, it was a spiritual growth. And I said, all right, spiritual growth. What are questions that, that you would ask yourself? We were talking about it. What questions would we ask ourselves to know how we're growing? And if you go back to that series, the very first one was, do we understand God's love? Because a lot of people don't. We hear the stories, Jesus loves me. We sing the song. But do you really know how much God loves you? Do you, re do you really know that? If you don't, can I just ask you to give me your undivided attention for the next eight seconds? Jesus really, really loves you. He really, really, really loves you. I mean, he looks at you and he is so proud that you're his child. He, he adores you. He knows your shortcomings. He knows where you miss it. He knows your struggles. Yet he still unconditionally, overwhelming, more than you could understand, loves you. And Romans 8 says nothing, nothing. 
And I, I just recently, I learned what that word means. Break it down. No thing. That's how I say it. I don't know if that's accurate. But no thing can stop you or separate you from God's love. Not your worst mistake. Not your worst attitude. Not your worst decision. Nothing. No thing. No person. No demon in hell. No, nothing can separate you from God's love. And if you will understand that love, you'll begin to overcome fear. Look at 1 John 4, verse 16 through 18. We know how much God loves us. We've put our trust in his love. Listen to this. God is love. God doesn't just love. He is love. That's who he is. He's love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid of the day of judgment. We can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. Such love has what? No fear. Because perfect love, which is God's love in us, does what? Expels all fear. Has anyone ever been expelled from school? Just me? <laughs> um, it means you, you're gone. That's what it means. You're gone. Like, find another school. You're gone. So guess what? If perfect love expels fear, you know what it says to fear? You're gone. You're no longer welcome back. I'm kicking you out. That's what, that's what the love of God does. When, you, when, you are, when, when fear tries to grip you, and you will just focus in on God's love, it, his love in you will expel fear. Not you expelling it. The love in you, the perfect love of God, expels fear. It kicks it out. Well, how does that happen? Think of it this way, but in a deeper way. Zach used to be afraid when he was, when he was young, being in the dark, being in his room by himself. But it was amazing, if I would come in his room, he wasn't afraid. And then it got to where I was just standing outside of his room. Because it used to be, we put him to bed, we come downstairs, by the time we get downstairs, he's already down there. I'm like, how'd you get down here? I'm not standing in bed. <laughs> Basically, he would just come down over and over again. One time he watched the whole movie and realized Zach's laying behind the couch, peeking around. And I'm like, how long have you been there? Probably an hour. He was good at sneaking out. He didn't want to be in there. And then all of a sudden, there was those, those days where I would be in there with him a little bit. He'd fall asleep. But then it got to where I was just outside the door. And I said, listen, you stay in there and you stay in your bed. I'll be outside the door. I'll be right here. And he would lay there. And every now and then, he would say, Dad, I said, I'm right here, buddy. All right. And as long as he knew I was there, he was fine. If he ever called and I didn't answer, he'd get up. Dad's not here. You know what brought comfort to him? Was that dad's here. You know why that brings comfort? Because dad loves me. You know why that brings comfort? Because if dad loves me, he's going to take care of me. You know why that brings comfort? Because dad loves me, he's going to take care of me, and if something is in my room or if someone comes in the house, my dad will protect me. It all comes from the fact that my dad loves me. So for him, fear was gone when he just knew I was there. I didn't make any promises. I didn't tell him, 
Hey, Zach, man, if anything happens, I promise I'm right here. Listen, listen, I'm here, man. I'm going to take care of everything. I got you. No, I just said, hey, listen, I'm right here. That's all I had to tell him. And he'd go to sleep. And I was okay every now and then if he called out. Hey, Dad. Yeah, buddy. You just need to be assured. I'm here. Now he doesn't, now I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't stand at his room anymore. Matter of fact, he's, he goes to bed on his own. I mean, it's summertime. Stay up as late as you want. 8 9 o'clock. Hey, Dad, I'm going to head on up. Turn the light up. Sure. He's, he's totally fine. Why? Because he, he knows. Can I tell you something? When you're nervous, the Bible says, just call on the Lord. And he'll answer you. And you can say, Father, he'll say, I'm right here. Dad, I'm right here, son. When I get nervous about life, about challenges, all I have to do is say, Father, and he says, I'm right here, bud. I got you. The love of the Father will cast out fear. All you have to do is focus on the love. You don't have to fight the fear. Focus on the love. The love will cast it out. If you're afraid and life hits you, I'm telling you, just, just call. Just call on the name of Jesus. Just call on the Father. And when you know he's there, it brings assurance. And fear just goes. God loves me. And he's right here. He's right here. Second John or Second Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given me or you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. See, when we come to the Lord and we realize, you know what? This fear tries to grip us, and, and we got to look at God's love and understand it's God's love we want to focus on. Don't focus on fear. You know why? God didn't give you that. That's not from God. Don't focus on something that's not from God. So if you're focusing on how much fear you have, you're focusing on something that did not come from God. And if you will turn your eyes and look up to God, where your help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth, fear will begin to go away. Because your focus is now on what God says and God's love for you, and it's not on something that God didn't give you. God didn't get, fear did not come from God. So don't focus on it. Now remember, I started by saying be honest that we have it. So I'm not saying don't acknowledge it. But once you know, okay, wait a minute. I'm actually, I'm actually afraid about this. I'm really anxious about this. Okay, you've recognized that. Now, now you know, I need to go to the Lord. God, because you love me, I'm not going to let this grip me. I'm not going to let this take hold of me. I'm not doing it. I'm going to focus on what your word says. I'm going to focus on your love. I'm not going to give this, because, you know, most nine times out of ten, wherever your eyes are is the direction you're going. Even if it's not intentional. If you're driving down the road and you look to the left long enough, pretty soon you're going to hear that rumble strip. It means you're off the road. Because you, you, the more you look over there, pretty soon you just start heading that way. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And fear will begin to go. When you know he loves you, you'll be able to run to him. You'll know, okay, I can go to God. He loves me. 
He's going to take care of me. If my, if my kids are nervous, or, or any little kid, where do they go if they're nervous? Who do they want? They want mom and dad. You know, if they're nervous about something and, they, and something happened or something could happen or whatever, then, then they, want, they want dad and mom. Because that's where their comfort comes from. They know, why? Why do they want parents? Because they know they love us. They're going to take care of us. So why would we not run to the Father when we're struggling? If we know he's going to take care of us. If we know he loves us, it should be easy to run to him. Matthew 6, 31 through 33, don't worry. Don't worry about these things saying what we eat, drink, what we wear. Listen to this. Don't worry. Keep it on this verse right here on 32. It says in the previous verse, don't worry about all this stuff. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? What are you going to wear? Basically, the needs that you have. Don't worry about it. Then he says this. This is interesting. These things dominate the thoughts of who? Unbelievers. Listen, believers aren't to walk around in fear about are we going to make it? That's unbeliever thoughts. Now, that's not to condemn you if you have those thoughts. It's to let you know I'm not thinking like a believer right now. Let me renew my mind so I can get my thoughts under subjection. I can take my thoughts captive to what the word says. So I don't want to think like an unbeliever walking around afraid. Is God going to come through? I'm a believer. He's my dad. He's my father. He's never failed. Love never fails. God never fails. He has never failed ever. He has 100% success track record. And as believers, the more we'll focus on what he has done for us in his word, I'm telling you, we'll begin to doubt less and less. We'll begin to be a little more confident that, hey, I can be, I can be a confident in this. I don't have to worry. God's got this. God has got this. I don't have to worry. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The godly run to him and are safe. Now listen to this. The name of the Lord is a strong fortress. How many, I've said this before, when people get nervous, you know, people that don't know the Lord, it's amazing when something happens and they want to run to him. You know what this verse says? Who runs to the Lord? The godly. See, we think once we, okay, we don't need it anymore. Listen, godly people at times are still going to need to feel safe. You're still going to need to feel like it's, it's going to be all right, right? And when you feel that way and you're nervous about decisions you have to make or things you have to do or, or processes you're going through, then you run to the name of the Lord. And it's a strong fortress that you could sit in and say, all right, I'm good. I'm good right here. I'm protected. I'm safe. I'm safe. That's, that's what God wants us to do. Listen, run to me. Run to me. Come to me. If you're weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You're wearing yourself out trying to fix everything. You're wearing yourself out carrying all this stuff. Come to me. I'll give you rest. You know, the only time you can rest is if you feel safe. It's hard to rest when you're scared and nervous and anxious. Your mind goes and goes and goes, and it's bringing turmoil into your life. And your insides are just, even physically, it's not healthy. But Jesus says, if you come to me, you'll be safe, and you'll feel safe, and you'll rest. You'll rest. That's, that's God's plan for you. Psalms uh, 55, 22. 
Give your burdens to the Lord. He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Listen, God will take care of you. He's saying, listen, come to me. I'll take care of you. I got you. That's just give your burdens to the Lord. Listen, God can handle. God can handle your stuff. He's okay. You know who can't handle it? Somebody else. Don't dump your stuff on somebody else. Then you bring them down. Now you're both carrying it. I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, we need to be there for each other. But we need to encourage each other to give it to the Lord. Give it to him. If Jesus says, cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for us, if he says that, if his word says that, then he's okay with it. I promise you this will never happen. Lord, I give you all my burdens. Oh, no, no, uh-uh. I don't want them. No, 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 no. Those are yours. Hey, you make your bed, you lie in it. Hey. That's not what he's going to do. Say, I got that. You know, there's a place in the Psalms where David says, I complain to the Lord. And you know what the Lord didn't, didn't do? Stop your complaining. Ah, boy. He didn't do that. You know what? Because we can be honest. We can take our stuff to the Lord. Tell the Lord, I'm struggling. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm in the middle of this. I don't know how I got here. And I don't know how to get out. Can you take it? He'll say, I got you. And his word says that he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And there's a path that's already laid out for you that you don't even know. Psalm 77, somewhere around verse 19, is talking about when Moses went through the Red Sea. And it says that there was a path there that nobody knew was there. Before Moses got there, God already knew that was going to be his path. Moses didn't. Nobody else did. All they saw was water. But God knew, listen, you're nervous and you're afraid because you're coming up on this water and you don't know this is where it ends. You can't go any further. But God already knew that there was a path there nobody else knew about. But God did. And I'm telling you, there's a path for you that you don't know about and you don't always see it. But when you need it, God will open that up for you and you will walk through it. And when Moses walked through that, that was just for him and his people. And when he turned around and the enemy was in there, that path closed up and swallowed them. So God will rescue you just like he did Moses. If you'll just run to him and trust him. And trust him when he says, come to me. Psalms 34, 4. I prayed to the Lord. He answered me. And look at here what Jesus did. He freed me. I just said, looky here. How about that? He freed me from all my fears. How many fears? All. Why? Because I prayed. I am shocked at how little people pray. I'm shocked. People that have come into my office or that I have met with or talked to and they're saying, I'm just struggling with this. And I've asked this question several times. Have you prayed about it? I mean, well, not me. Not really. I was just trying to think, like, do I need to do this? I'm like, so literally, everything in your world is falling apart. Your relationships, your family, your job, whatever it is. And you're telling me you haven't prayed about it. I want to make sure that I instruct you and myself in what the word says. And that is, 
your first, your first option should be pray. Even if it's simple. Even if it's just something that's just a little bit annoying. Pray anyway. God cares about anything that you care about. I lost my keys one day and I was upset. I couldn't find my keys. You got to have that to start the car. I could not find them. And I look and look and look. And Zach says, Dad, have you prayed? I'm like, have you prayed? <laughs> no, I'm just looking for my keys. You know, I don't need a miracle. I just need my keys. You know what I did? I, I took his advice. And I prayed. 30 seconds after I prayed. I went straight to the place where my keys were. Hello. Even little stuff God cares about. God cares. He will take care of you. Pray. I prayed. He answered. And he freed me of my fears. Amen. That's right. Good call. Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you are running to God and your thoughts are on him, you're focusing on him, his word says he will keep you in perfect peace. You cannot be at peace with fear. So if you're at peace, there's no fear. There's no anxious, oh. And if there is even the thought of what's going to happen, you're at peace to know God's got this. I'm not going to let that take hold of my life. And I want, I want you to just really think about your life and how much do you say, I'm just so worried about this, and what about this, and, and what about this, and, and what about this, and what about this. And sometimes we, we take that and we go way over here to say, oh, you're bound in fear. But sometimes we take it this way and act like, well, it's just questions. No, it's fear. You're afraid. And there's a place that God wants to say, I understand there will be times where fear tries to creep. Don't hide it. Don't deny it. It's part of life. We all deal with it. But we need to deal with it. The other side of it is don't deny when you have it and act like it's just, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm just wondering. Sometimes we try to convince ourselves we don't want to say that we're afraid, but we are, and we act that way. We put up this facade, and everybody else knows you're afraid. You're just the only one trying to pretend you're not. So just say, hey, you know what? I'm nervous, but because I'm nervous, I know I can pray to the Lord. And he'll answer my prayer. He'll free me from my fear. I'll keep my focus on him, and I will stay, stay. He will keep me in perfect peace. You'll stay there. He's not going to be like, well, take you out. Ah, look at that. Okay, now you're back in peace. No, you will stay there if your minds are fixed on him. All right? So we want to focus on his love, run to the Father. Another thing <clears throat> is we want to allow his word to build our faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we can't see. Now let's read the Amplified. Now faith, oh, just kidding, that's a joke. Get it? All right. Now faith, yeah, I was just, sorry, that was Amplified. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith. 
believing something even when you don't see it. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. And I've heard people say, I don't understand that. I'm not, I can't get my hands around that kind of faith. How many of you love Jesus? How many of you have seen Jesus face to face? Then you understand that faith. Because you're believing something that you've never seen. You have never seen Jesus or God in the flesh, yet you still believe that he's real. Why? Because you have experienced things. You've seen things that he's done. It's just like the wind. You'll see leaves flying across the grass. But you don't see the wind. You just see the effects of the wind. But you believe the wind is real, right? Because you see the effects. Faith says, I believe it, even if I don't see it. So when God says, I will meet your needs, then while you're in the process between the promise that God says, I will meet your needs, and the, the uh, provision of when that happens, in between the promise and the provision is this process. So you have promise, process, provision. We get tied up in the process because we want to go from promise to provision. I say it, there it is. But the Bible says you can't please God without faith. There's going to be times you're going to have to believe it even before you see it and know because he said it, it will come to pass. Okay, we're going on vacation my family's going on vacation next week. We're staying at a condo at a beach. Okay? We have a confirmation of that room. I am not going to bed every night nervous. I hope you have a room. I hope you have. I've never seen the room. How do I know if you really have it? What if we're, what if we're out just living on the beach and it's raining and the storm comes in? Uh, no, I don't do that. Why? Because I have a confirmation that I believe I have something I'm not even seen yet. I believe because I have a piece of paper that says this is yours at this, from this date to this date. It will be ready for you when you get there, and I believe it. And we do that. We have no problem believing that. But then God says, I will meet every need that you have according to my riches, and we somehow think we don't see it right now. We don't believe it's true. And we'll get all worked up, but all we need to do is say, wait a minute, his word says it. So this process, even when I'm not seeing it, this is the confirmation that it's coming. I heard a pastor say, he said, it's all going to be, he was quoting some Irish proverb or something. It was, people say it's all, it's going to be all right in the end. Or in the end, it'll all be all right. And if it's not all right, then it's not the end. It's not over. So if you're struggling and, and something's not happening yet, listen, it ain't over. It's not over. You're still here. There's still time for God to manifest his promise to you. Right? All right. Are you getting your faith built up at least a little? Romans 10 17. Faith comes by hearing what is told. It's spoken. And, and hearing comes from preaching the message that comes from the lips. Christ Messiah himself. So here it is. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hearing a message that is spoken. There's nothing wrong with you reading your Bible, but I want to encourage you, sometimes you're going to need to talk about it. Sometimes you're going to need to speak that because this, 
The word there, the Greek word in this text is the rhema word, which means spoken word. Logos, that Greek word means the written word of God. Reading it, that does something. But what builds your faith is when you speak the word and hear it. You're speaking. You want to know that there's power in the word of God. Do you believe that? Let me tell you what God's word said. Let me tell you another word that God said, or a few words he said. Let there be light, and there was. Why? Because if God says something, there's power in God's word. We have God's word. Let there be light, there was light. Let there be this, there was that. Let there be fish, there's fish. All because of spoken word. We want to build our faith, speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Look at this next verse. <clears throat> Mark 4, 35. Jesus came and said to the disciples, <clears throat> let's cross to the other side of the lake. So what did Jesus say? We're going to go over to the other side of the lake. They took Jesus in the boat, started out, leaving the crowds, leaving the crowds behind. All the other boats followed. But Jesus, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him out. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind and the waves because he loves his disciples. Before he ever corrected them, he calmed the storm. He brought peace. And then he said, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. There was a great calm. How do you, and how many of you know when there's peace, people are teachable? Right? So there's peace now. Now the disciples can focus in on what he's saying because they're not afraid anymore. There's peace now. And then Jesus asked him, why are, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So here's the question that we can, we can get from this. Are we going to believe what God says when he says we're going to the other side? If there's bumps along the way, but if God says we're going to go over there, guess what? God's a God of his word. And if he says we're going to go over there, we're going to go over there. And if we hit a storm in the middle, don't think it's all over because the promise of God hasn't been fulfilled. So we have to ask ourselves, are we listening to what God said? Are we listening to what our circumstances say? The storm says it's over. God says we're going to that side. We're going to get there. So what are we going to believe? The, the world, our circumstances, or God? I want to believe God. I want to believe the report of the Lord. Now, I have these scriptures in there. <clears throat> we'll go through them really fast. Uh, but listen, these are things that you need to speak when you go through something. You go through a difficult time and you're in trouble with something. Look at this scripture, Psalms 46. God is my refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Hebrews 13, 5 says that God, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Okay, that's what that says. Philippians 4.13, let's go ahead to the next one. I know I'm moving fast. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. When you feel like I can't make it anymore, speak that verse. Because that verse tells you you can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Christ who does what? Not just I can do all things through Christ. Christ who gives you strength. You have strength that comes from Christ and you can do anything that he asks you to do. All right, Philippians 4.19, this is the same God who takes care of me. He'll supply your needs from his glorious riches, which you've been given in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.37, you want to know, I don't know if I could make it. The Bible says you are more than conquerors. You have victory. Overwhelming victory is yours because of Jesus. You want to know if God hears you when you call out to him? 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. God will listen to you. If you need to just talk and you just need to get out what you're feeling and share and you need to hear from God, when you call on him, he focuses on you and he listens to you. So I just put those. There's other verses about God that by the stripes of Jesus we're made whole. There's other scriptures that says that he'll, he'll be there for us, whatever. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We can be in peace. We have eternal life through him. All these other scriptures about promises that God has for us. And we need to be able to just speak them out. Because it'll build your faith. It'll build your faith. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you are, are getting a little bit stronger? Like, you know what? I can do this. You know why? Because all I'm doing is speaking. The, all I'm doing is saying the word of God. All I'm doing is reading scriptures. And you start about, oh, that's right. I can do all things. Oh, that's right. I do have victory. Oh, that. You start getting all like, whoo. Why? Just because you feel stronger because your faith is getting built. But you can do that every day. You can build your faith by speaking the word. I'll encourage you, if you're by yourself and you're doing your devotions, sometimes I'll read it out loud. I just, I want to hear it. Sometimes I don't, I don't comprehend everything just reading. I'm the guy that wants the book on tape. Well, CD. Sorry, I just told you my age there, didn't I? People are like, tape? What is he saying? Sorry. I want the book, like the audio version, because I, can, I gain it better when I'm hearing it. I don't focus as well when I'm reading it. But if I, if I read the word and I speak it, then I'm getting it here too and here. And I begin to get strong. I begin to build myself up. It's important that we have that faith and we walk in obedience. If Hebrews 11.6 says, you can't please God without faith. I promise you this, sometimes the fear we have is taking the step with whatever God is saying to do. And not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a step like physically, like you're taking the step in some direction that you're doing something or God's asking you to do something. Those steps are there too. But sometimes there's just a step to say, you know what? I'm going all in. I, I'm, I'm, giving all every, I'm giving everything up. All my plans, all my desires, and I'm saying, God, I want my life to be all about you. That's a step of faith. And the Bible says that we're going to have those steps because you can't please God without using faith. There's going to be moments when you're going to have to step out of that comfort zone. I was very comfortable as a youth pastor. But when the Lord asked me and Patty to leave our jobs, and we had no idea what we were going to do, we had no idea where income was going to come from. And we're just supposed to wait and trust that God will tell us what he wants us to do. And this wasn't even a thought. And we step out. That was the biggest faith decision I've ever made in my life. But let me tell you this. It was the most impactful decision I've ever made in my life. It gave me such a confidence in God. Greater than I had before. Because I actually saw, when I stepped out, I saw him fulfill his word. I saw him build a church. I saw him provide. I saw him take care of my family. We didn't have our first service till 10 months later. And I never, Patty or I never went out and got a job. 
because the Lord said, I got you. I would never recommend. You don't take steps of faith unless God tells you. Okay, please do not go home and say, I'm taking a step of faith. I quit. Scott did. Go God. No, God's going to be like, I never told you to do that. But when God tells you to do something, he's got a plan. And even if you don't see it, he still got it. But you won't see it until you take that step. When Peter was on the boat and they thought a ghost was coming out and they realized it's Jesus and he's walking on the water. He's walking on water in the deep end. Okay, we're not just talking about like puddles. He's in, he's, he's in the way out with the boat walking on water. And Peter says, if that's you, tell me to come out there. And Jesus said, come on. Peter, who's the same Peter who would run his mouth when he shouldn't, who denied Jesus, who cut off the guy's ear that was going to arrest Jesus, who God had to speak from heaven and say, Peter, be quiet. God actually had to say, listen, this is my beloved, listen to him. A, a, a voice from heaven. Listen, you know you're saying too much when God from heaven has to tell you. <laughs> Enough. So that's the Peter we're talking about. But at this moment, Peter hears Jesus say, come. That's all he needed to experience the miraculous. But it took a step of faith to get out of that boat when you know water doesn't hold you up. Yes, it holds Jesus up because he's Jesus. But I'm just Peter. I'm the guy who messes up, says too much. And he's telling me to come out there? And he stepped out of the boat. And Peter is the only other person mentioned throughout the entire Bible that walked on water. The guy who, yeah, had his faults, had his struggles. But when Jesus said, come, he said, okay. And there he went. Later, he got his eyes off Jesus and he started to go under. And Jesus in his love did not say, you should have kept your eyes on me. You know what he did? He reached down and he picked him up. He said, I'm not going to let you fall. Even though you got off there, you were doing it. But you got off and you failed. But listen, I'm going to pick you up because I'm not mad at you when you fall. I just want to encourage you. Keep your eyes on me. All the other disciples, they just sat in the boat. They just watched as Peter experienced the miraculous. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to experience the miraculous. Why do we limit God? Why do we limit what God can do? Why are we afraid to pray for miraculous things? I tell you why. Because your faith is only strong enough for what you can see. Which really isn't even faith. But if you'll begin to really dig in this and begin to speak the word, you're going to find yourselves being willing to, to pray and go to God about something that's what you would say is impossible. And trust that God can do it. Listen, God can, God can restore relationships. God can, bring, God can bring someone across somebody's path that there's people that don't know Jesus, that they still have hope that they can come to know Jesus. God can change your situation at your job. 
If you're having a hard time with your boss, pray for your boss. Pray. God can heal that relationship. God can give you open doors to do things he's put in your heart. Listen, God can do anything. Anything. But there's going to be times we're going to have to trust him. We're going to have to step out. And if he says, trust me, trust me. And if God is saying to you, listen, come on. Will you just give it to me? Will you just let it go? Will you just allow me to have complete reign of your life? I'll help you. Step of faith is going to be all right. I have to, I have to let go of control. I have to let go of control of my life. It's my life. And I have to let go of control. That's a faith step. Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. That's a faith step. Because you're going to have difficult times. But God doesn't say rejoice in the Lord. Well, unless you're going through something. He says even in it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then just to make sure you get it. He says again. I say rejoice. Right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, but God, uh, again, uh, sh- sh- again, I said rejoice. That's a step that you're going to have to make that choice to rejoice. The choice to rejoice. Huh. Tweet that. No, just kidding. Uh, uh, see, I can't even say it now because I got all distracted. A, joy, a choice to rejoice. That's it. You have to make the choice. By faith, Lord, I choose to rejoice because I know what your word says. People say, the Bible says people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. You know why we're walking around fearful, scared, wondering what's going to happen, afraid to take a step, afraid to do this, afraid to do this. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? I'll tell you why. Because we have a lack of knowledge. We have a lack of knowledge to know if I step here, God is with me. And if I go here, God is with me. And if I obey, he is with me. He will protect me. He will guard me. He will shield me. He will give me wisdom. He will give me favor. He will bless me. He will help me. He will give me strength when I need it. He will he'll give me the hope I need. He'll give me the joy I need. He'll give me the desire I need. He'll give me the wisdom I need. And everything that I do, I will do to him, and he will bless it. He will prosper it. He will take care of me if I fulfill the plans that he's called me to do. Why do we not do that? Because we're afraid, and we don't know the word. We, everybody, God wants to set you free. But you're going to need to allow this word to manifest in your life.